Well, turn with me in your Bibles to James, the first chapter this morning, as uh, we're continuing to consider God's wisdom and how much we need it, how practical it is, and how we need to stop making our own decisions uh, within our own minds and our understanding. Ask God for the wisdom that we need and realize that... Uh, He really wants us to walk in His wisdom. Walk in the wisdom of His truth and the wisdom of His Spirit to walk in the wisdom of His ways. And uh, we've mentioned this passage a couple of times in the last three weeks about uh, how important it is for us to look into the mirror of God's Word and see what God wants us to see, and then make adjustments in our obedience. How many of you know that uh, God wants you to be uh, fulfilled and to succeed in the Christian life even more than you want to? Sometimes we act like it's all up to us. God is giving us everything necessary to fulfill His purpose through us. He wants us to know what we need to know, to be really the the living embodiment of His Son, to fulfill His purposes, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the character of Christ. He wants that to be revealed in us. And He's given us His Word to show us what we need to know. We look into God's Word as we're looking into a mirror, as James says. And what we see there, we need to take responsibility for. How many of you know that uh, sometimes we as Christians see something in the mirror that doesn't look good, and we think there's something wrong with the mirror? We question it. Is this mirror broken? Is this mirror distorted? Is there something wrong with it? Well, I've been a Christian long enough to have confidence in God's Word. How about you? God's Word is always right. And I'm always needing the conviction of the Holy Spirit to show me where God's Word is right and where I need to make adjustments. And so as we read these words today, realize that this truly is for each of us instructing us how we may grow in God's wisdom through the mirror of His Word. Verse 22. Do not merely listen to the Word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the Word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not only forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in all that he does. If anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. Verse 27, and I'm going to add something here based on what we heard this morning. Religion 
that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows and laundry love and in their distress and keep oneself from being polluted by the world. How many of you believe that laundry love is about true religion? It's about loving the unlovely. It's about giving to people who have need that can give nothing back. It's pleasing to God. You know, it also has a way of cleansing our hearts when we do that. In delivering us from self-centered religion. You know, Jesus uh, spoke a lot to the Pharisees about how they were experts on the law, but they would do nothing to help others who were in need. You know, there's a way of looking into the mirror of God's Word where we can be just like the Pharisees. Do you know how that works? You look into the mirror and everything you see there, you begin to imagine of how it applies to everyone else. Isn't that a dangerous approach to God's Word? To simply use God's Word as a means of criticizing others? Comparing yourself to others as as if you are more holy, more righteous before God? Criticizing it. God doesn't say to read His Word so that we can see the faults of others. He said we need to read God's Word to see what we need to change. Our own faults. You know, uh, Jack Hayford uh, tells a story from time to time that's real cute about this. He said one, one Sunday morning, he was getting ready for church, and his uh, wife noticed that he was primping a little bit more in the mirror than usual. And uh, he said something kind of off the cuff. He said, you know, hon, uh, I wonder how many truly great men of God there are in the world today. And uh, he continued kind of thinking about that, and they were out in the car, and he looked into the mirror again in the car and was uh, primping a little bit again, and he said it again. He said, uh, Anna, I said, I I wonder how many truly great men of God there are in the world today, just kind of making conversation. She stopped him and she said, I'm sure one less than you're thinking of. (laughs) How many of you know that there's a problem in thinking more of ourselves than we ought to think? And it's possible even for Jack Hayford to think more of himself than he ought to think. We think about our spiritual leaders and how we admire them and how this is a problem with all of God's children, regardless of how great or how small they may appear. And that's why God gives us His Word to really help us see things as they really are. You know, we, we have an amazing ability to distort the image of ourselves. That's true in the spiritual. It's true in the natural. Have you heard of body dysmorphic disorder? A condition that's being studied uh, greatly in adolescent girls who have a wrong image of themselves, thinking that they're ugly or some feature of their body is just uh, totally unacceptable or they're too heavy or they're too thin, where somehow the distortion of that causes them depression and anxiety and you know social rejection what a problem that is but not just adolescent girls there are many people who somehow 
cannot see themselves as they really are and lack the objective uh, judgment to really know and appreciate how they appear. How many of you wish that you could change your appearance a few times, huh? Haven't we all had that feeling? It's part of the human condition. And it's important that uh, we see ourselves as we really are and that we learn to accept the things that we cannot change. Uh, You know, isn't it amazing that God made each one of us the way He made us for His greater purposes, and we don't know all those purposes yet, do we? But ultimately, there will come a greater understanding of why God created the way He created And what He gave us naturally, physically, mentally, spiritually. We we just need to live our lives before God, grateful for what He has done and continues to do, but realizing that we never fully understand it. As we look into this uh, mirror, it's important for us to consider three things that we need to do. And let's just get very practical here. God wants us to look into the mirror because He wants us to see what's really there. Not to deny it, not to distort it, but see what's really there. Isn't it amazing how the Word of God convicts us regarding sin, convinces us regarding righteousness, and it's the Holy Spirit that works in our hearts in such a way that we can see what's really there. The second thing we need to see is what Jesus died for. It would be a hopeless condition if we only saw our our condition and there's nothing that could be done about it. But we realize Jesus died for the sin and the ugliness in our lives. There's nothing in us that surprises God. (laughs) There's nothing in us that's beyond God's grace to change and to help. And so as we look at ourselves, we need to look at ourselves through the eyes of God's compassion that Jesus really died for me that I might be whole and complete and be like Jesus. And the third thing we need to see as we've considered what's really there and what Jesus died for, we need to see what really needs to be changed. And this is where we agree with God and get honest. When there's sin in my life, God will reveal that sin and I need to confess it. And what's His promise in 1 John 1, 9? If I confess my sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us of all unrighteousness to believe that and say, you know what? This can change. This can change. I've known many of you long enough to know that you're changing. You're more like Jesus than you were a while back. Hopefully we can see spiritual growth in one another's lives and we realize this is a good thing. This is transformational. And let me tell you, the more we look into God's Word and see what He wants us to do and the changes that we need to make, and in faith we begin to say yes and respond obediently, the quicker we change the more we become like Jesus. And so there's a problem with uh, deceiving ourselves and how how clearly 
This is stated. Do not deceive yourselves. Don't be like the guy who looked in the mirror and walked away and forgot what he saw. But be like the person who remembered and had the right attitude of willingness to change. And so, this self-deception can be a real problem as God wants to speak to us through His Word. We see that this self-deception is not is our capacity to not see what's there. You ever notice that as you read the Bible and continue to read it and you go back to a familiar passage of Scripture, suddenly you see things in that passage that you never saw before? Why is it? Did the text change? No. You changed and God prepared you to see something that you could never see before. And what incredible evidence that is of our spiritual growth. And so whenever you approach a scripture, you say, oh, I already know that one. I've got that memorized. I've studied that one. Come with a humble attitude saying, God, teach me what I don't know yet. Help me to see what I haven't seen yet. And this is the miracle of God's word, how he will speak to us through a scripture that we think we already understand and how we need to humble ourselves in our, and really come down on our own uh, pedestal of pride and accept what God is showing us. The second problem of self-deception is that we can see what's there but really deny that it belongs to us. We can see it, we can know it, we can understand it, but somehow that must be for somebody else. Or maybe not for me right now. And God has a way of keep keep pulling us back to the Scripture. Keep pulling us back to what's important. And we need to realize if it's there and I see it, it's first for me. Uh, Every preacher and teacher of of the Word I know that it's being used of God as they approach a passage of Scripture, knows that God wants to deal with us as communicators of that word, through that word, before we share it with others. Sometimes when you hear a sermon or hear a lesson, and it's awfully hollow because you suspect that the person who is sharing that really hasn't dealt with those issues himself or herself. It's very possible. You know... uh, I remember Bill Gothard used to inspire young youth leaders saying, a message prepared in a mind will reach a mind. A message prepared in a heart will reach a heart. But a message prepared in a life will reach a life. And so it is. Let me just say it frankly. Sometimes we don't have any business sharing certain scriptures and spiritual principles because we haven't really obeyed God ourselves in that area. Is that possible? Is that true? Is that correct? We can share it as information, but there's no authority in it because we really haven't dealt with it ourselves. Don't you, don't you hate to, to see uh, the guy who's the expert on marriage seminar and you find out that his personal marriage and family life is a disaster? We were just talking about that uh, recently. A friend of mine, how there was a, a man that we admired because of his marriage seminars and when his marriage began to break up he decided to secularize his marriage seminar where it was generic principles of marriage 
because he lost his footing, the spiritual ground of the spiritual community. And let me tell you, it's a sad thing when our lives drift from the truth of the Scripture and there is a lack of integrity of what we believe, what we really understand, and what we share with others. Well, the third thing that we need to see, the danger of this self-deception, is when we see what is there and we're not changing, we're not obedient, guess what happens? We have a way of leveling off in our Christian lives, becoming religious instead of relational, and we lose the sense of of integrity, the sense of authenticity that is only there if we're willing to change as God shows us in our lives what really is needed. Isn't it something that uh, James moves from this teaching on God's word as the mirror to the nature of true religion? As if he's saying, do you think you're that that you are truly religious. Well, test yourself in terms of your compassion for people that are in need. Test yourself in your, your readiness to love people who need God's love. Don't test yourself by your knowledge. Don't test yourself by what other religious people think about you. Test yourself by the willingness of your heart to give, to help those who are suffering, to reach out to those who can do nothing for you. And so we see what a great opportunity we have every time we approach God's Word, every time we ask God to show us, every time He reveals a change that we need to make, how we can grow. I'd like for us to uh, conclude this morning by thinking about our relationship with God in a certain way. Let me just let me just mention, uh, give you a new term. If, uh, you know, it's important for we for we as Christians to realize that that our conversion wasn't something that happened many years ago. Suddenly, we got saved and we just kind of coast from that place until we get to heaven. But truly, the New Testament talks about a relationship with God that is so vital that it's a continuous conversion. Continuous conversion. Where I'm saying, yes, I'm saved. Yes, I'm a Christian, but I'm not stuck. I'm going to keep changing. Every day, I want to be fresh. I want to be new. Every day, I want to be ready to obey. And so, when we think about the decision to accept Christ. And we think about the end of the service where we always make an invitation for those who have not yet accepted Christ. Perhaps you should hear the invitation this morning regarding your continual conversion. Are you willing to make the change God wants you to make today in the now? Don't tell me about all the times you've obeyed God. All the big decisions you've made which where you lined up with God's word. God's interested in where you are today, in this moment, and whether or not you're willing to say yes, especially in that part of your heart where you really don't want to agree with God, 
that there's a need for a change. You know, I love to agree with God when I already agree with God. How about you? But when my will is set against His, and I realize that what He wants is opposite to what I want, that reminds me of the cross, right? We see the two planes of the cross, how they intersect, and the line is broken as my will must be broken as I accept God's will for my life. So, what does uh, what does your continuous conversion mean for you today? What are you seeing in the mirror? How many of you can say, I know that God is speaking to me about this. I know I need to grow in this area. I know that He's convicted me about this. Well, that's when it gets practical and that's when we grow. Father, help us this morning not to leave this place without surrendering, without saying yes, O oh God, without being willing to obey. Help us, O oh God, as we have looked into your word today, as you have shown us our lives as they really are, help us, O oh God, help us to make those changes that, uh, that you know are so important to our becoming more like your son, Jesus Christ. Please stand. Sam is going to lead us in a song. We're going to have a, some closing comments and a prayer. Be dismissed. But let's make sure that we say yes to God. Let's make sure that we make any commitment that we need to make before we go as uh, God graciously shows us how we need to be more obedient. Let's sing Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that it saved a wretch like me. Please come forward. We want to pray with you. Uh, you can be sure that your sins are forgiven. You can be sure that your name is written in the book of life. You can be sure that you're going to heaven. You can be sure that you have a new start in Christ today. As we prepare for the closing prayer, let me ask, is God speaking to you about some area of your life, some change, some need of obedience? How about simply to get into God's word more? Spend more time with that mirror to know what's really going on. We need to make that commitment, don't we? Lord, give us the grace, O oh God, to respond obediently, O oh God. Give us the grace to say yes. Give us the grace, O oh God, to make the changes where you have shown us we need to grow. And Lord, we do open ourselves. We do offer ourselves today 
as this service concludes. And help us, O oh God, as we're dismissed, O oh God, to, to go with a greater desire, O oh God, to, to let the mirror of your word show us what we need to do. And Lord, as we listen to your voice, may we be ready to obey. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The altar is open. Come forward if you'd like prayer. Have a special need. We'll be glad to pray with you. See